What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. So you know what that means. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. We're jumping right in. Hey, Dr. Boca, how are you? Hey, Rach, how you doing? I am doing great. How's by you? I just realized that we are at the year mark. We might even be like past the year mark. I'm not really good with keeping up on things. I'm usually unpolished and come in a week or two behind schedule or a week or two ahead of schedule if I'm that lucky. So I think we actually made it a complete year. And I just want to give a huge shout out to you. I can't believe we did this. And who would have thought a year later, we'd still be going. And by the way, haven't really missed. Well, whether we forgot one, maybe, but the rest of them were all intentional timeouts between our seasons. And I'm just really proud of us. And I want to give a shout out to our editor, Dwayne, who's worked with us since the beginning, and we are grateful for all of his work. So congratulations, Rachel. Well, thanks, Dr. B. And congratulations right back to you. I did know, I will tell you specifically, November 18th, 2020 was our very first episode. So yeah, we're a week behind, but hey, that's okay. At least we showed up, even though we both hate being late, which is so out of character for both of us to be a week late. But I think it's so important to acknowledge. So happy birthday to Unpolished Therapy. We had 48 episodes to date. So this is our 49th episode on the anniversary. So did we hit 52? No, but hey, close enough, right? Right. But you know me and I'm sitting here going, at least we should have made it like a round number at 50. This is totally going to bother me. But I still think we did a yeoman's job and I'm very proud of us and our unpolishedness. So yay us. All right. Well, happy birthday. And I so I have a little birthday present for you. Today. No way. Really? Yeah. So, well, yeah, because I feel like for 48 episodes, we have been hemming and hawing and pleading with the listeners out there to be like, we want you to comment. And we wish that our listeners could call in. And wouldn't it be cool if... And so on and so forth. So today, and potentially a little manufactured, but I thought it would be fun to bring in, for a lack of a better word, like our super fan and our number one listener who, according to my recollection, has tuned in, chimed in, downloaded every single Unpolished Wait. Therapy episode. And I brought her on the podcast today. Oh my God. Wait. So there, first of all, I can't believe there's somebody who's listened to every episode. That to me is amazing. <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I'm, I'm stunned by that. And second, that you found the person and they're going to be joining us. This is a great birthday present. Thank you. It is. So without further ado, our number one listener slash fan slash follower, if you will. Let's just get right to it. Bethany. (laughs) I'm laughing. I can't even, I can't even get the name out. My dear friend who really has been by me, you know, thick and thin, tried and true. She, she's such a fabulous friend of mine. And we all know, I I think one of our episodes about friendships, some friends come in and some friends ship out. And Bethany is one for the long haul here with us. So Bethany, welcome. You are our number one fan. (laughs) It's Unpolished Therapy. 
Well, thank you guys for that intro. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Dr. Boca. Hello. I'm happy to be on as your number one fan stalker. (laughs) Not a stalker, just I think tried and true. And you've, listen, at least for me, I have to say that you definitely have always stuck by all of my projects, as ridiculous as some of them may be. You've shown up, you've dialed in, you've downloaded. And I mean, it is the least we can do to I actually, throw you on today. I actually did show up to the improv performance. Yes. In my improv days, you showed up at my improv classes and my shows, and you've come to some of my Silver Unpolished projects that I've done where, I don't know, didn't we like have like a, I don't know, a clothing store situation happening once and you showed up and you bought some clothes and so many things along the way. I think many years ago, I did a bartending gig. Did you show up to that? Maybe that you didn't show up to, but nevertheless. Pre-Bethany. Pre-Bethany. Okay. PB. As you know, I love nicknames and acronyms and so on and so forth. So Dr. Boca. So Bethany is our number one fan slash listener slash downloader slash biggest support. So I feel like we should have a t-shirt for her. We should have a mug for her. I feel like we should have balloons. I feel just so remiss that I didn't realize this was happening because I like to throw parties. I would have thrown like a really big party for you, Bethany. But thank you for being so loyal and listening. And I'm just more curious where you get the time to do it, quite frankly. Driving. Driving. Sitting and waiting, running doctor's line. appointments, you know, sitting and waiting for doctor's appointments, hair salon where I have 30 minutes. And sometimes it takes me two days to listen to a podcast. Wow. So I sometimes it. it's all at once. Sometimes it's a few days. And then I'll text Rachel. I'll say, listen, did a great job. Awesome. Or let's be honest, here on Unpolished Therapy, we can just throw it against the wall, see what sticks. We break down the wreckage. There have been some podcasts, I think, too, where maybe, you know, it wasn't awesome or you're like, the sound sucked or you and Dr. Boca were sparring a little bit. And maybe you like the fact that there were some things that we disagreed on over the course of the 48 episodes that we've had thus far. Right. Your first episode was definitely an echo chamber. But you guys apologized and you got it together very quickly. And I was impressed by the second time you guys were on the air. It sounded better, you think? A lot better. You were in an echo chamber and the reverb, if you will, was just too much to handle. Rage, do you remember? We like literally did that one outside. I totally remember. It seems like eons ago, but we did it outside. I had to pee the entire time because you had like some waterfall going on in the background. And then we were sitting amongst laundry another time. I mean, there were just so many unpolished, inappropriate things. And the fact that we pulled our shit together. Thank you, Bethany, for noticing that we pulled our shit together. Because I think as best as we could pull our shit together, we did. So here's a kind of like a fun game that we could play. So if you are our number one listener, then I would gather if we threw out some questions to you about some of these podcasts that we've done, I would beg to differ that in the hopes that you would get the answers right. So what do you think? You want to play a little trivia game, B? Let's play a little trivia. She might actually get more right than I will. I might well, not man, even remember. And- well, here oh, and that kind of brings us to the first question of remember the episode not so far off. It was fairly recent when we talked about memory, right? Okay, so we're all kind of around the same age. So Bethany, I'll throw it to you. Do you remember 
the three words that Dr. Boca tested me on because my memory was failing and I was concerned that I was having some real issues from a neurological standpoint. Do you, Bethany Birkin, our number one unpolished therapy fan, listener, downloader, do you remember the three words that Dr. Boca threw out as a test to memory? I remember two words. And they were? Spoon and clock, I think. Dr. Boca, do you have an answer on this? Well, in theory, I should remember. I do. I don't. But I think it was Apple was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. I could yes. be wrong. And I'm, I'm going with the fact that it was the spoon and whatever else you just said. But it just goes to show you that like I'm no better off than anybody else is. I do want to give credit to one of my friends that listens, not maybe not like Bethany does, but I got a text message right after we did that episode. And she, well, not right after, I guess, maybe a week or two after. And she remembered all three words. And then I actually had brunch with her yesterday. And she again remembered the three words. Couldn't remember what she had for dinner the night before, but she remembered those three words. So her memory wins. We suck. And that's okay. All right. Fair enough. But Bethany, I'm going to give it to you because you got two out of three. And if my memory serves correctly, when Dr. Boca initially tested me, I think I got two out of three. So we're all on an even playing field. I think she said, you always remember the first and the last word. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. That's attention to detail. I'm actually going to give you an extra bonus double point on that one. So excellent job. All right. Question number two. I'm going to ask a phrase and then I want to know if you know it. And if you know it, I want you to explain what it is. And then I want to know if it's something that was part of your repertoire in your world growing up. Okay. And the phrase is... I know. I know. Oh, Dr. Volga, you know what the phrase is before I even say the phrase. Fair enough. This is your show too. I'm totally shocked that I know it. But this episode, I recall, I was so convinced that nobody had ever heard of this and that you were making it up, that at Rachel's birthday, I went around to everybody to prove her wrong that nobody knew about it. The phrase was rabbit, rabbit. I actually knew it as just rabbit. I didn't know it as rabbit, rabbit, and my kids do it to this day. And I think it started in the 16th century. I think it's that old if I know the folklore to it. But you're supposed to say it before you say anything else on the first day of the month. I knew it as rabbit. Rachel knows it as rabbit, rabbit. And my kids do it, and it's hysterical. I always ask them if they remember to do it. And I think half the time they're lying to me when they say they did it. Dr. Boca, sorry, Charlie. No, that's on, a, that counts as she knew it. No, that's 50%. It's a 50%. If she knew the whole thing, it would be rabbit, rabbit. She knew only just rabbit. I mean, I am impressed that you knew it started in the 16th century, but I think that's only 50%. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> and I'm going to put Bethany in my camp of knowing what it means. And thank you, Bethany. Moving thank on. You. Bethany, I'm going to name a title of one of our podcast episodes. I'm only going to give you the first sentence and I want you to finish the last word. And that sentence is, we did an episode where the title was Body Image. I'm so blank. Bethany, fill in the word. Fat, but P-H-A-T. Ding, ding, ding. She's Give the so, girl a lollipop. She's so good. She really did listen. 
Bethany, do you have any comments, thoughts, suggestions on that episode? Did it register with you? Did it strike a nerve? How do you feel, again, in our society, in our world? I know you have a daughter. Dr. Boca has a daughter. I have two boys. But I, again, we talk in depth about body image and this I'm so P-H-A-T that because of my own Michigas with body image. So did you have any takeaways that you want to throw in the ring on that? Definitely. That definitely hit a spot for me because when I was pregnant and found out I was having a daughter, I was terrified because I'm a woman and I was a girl. And with my own issues with food, as most of my female friends have, I was terrified of having to raise a daughter and introduce her to French fries and pizza and how she was going to live her life with food? And was I going to pass on through environment or genetically my own issues? I think she and I both struggle with it every day. I think that's such a great point. And I think we all have those anxieties, particularly when we have daughters. However, I just want to make mention to the fact that there was just recently a Wall Street Journal article that came out speaking about how much there's been such an increase in boys with anorexia and body image and other eating disorders, but predominantly anorexia. And the problem being that it's gone up quicker and higher than it has for women or young girls. And that the problem is that the boys are getting diagnosed too late because people aren't aware that it's common and becoming more common. And again, it was also mentioned in the article, the influence of social media on body image, particularly for that age group, the teens and the younger adults. So Bethany, I totally relate to the fact that we do have a heightened sensitivity around our daughters for it. And I concur that I don't think you're going to find somebody, or at least predominantly a female in this world, but I would argue men also, that don't have some preoccupation with when they're looking in the mirror, what are they seeing back in their self-esteem and their body image. But I want to highlight for our listeners that be aware that it could be happening in your teen sons and young adult sons, particularly the athletes, and just to stay on top of that. So... Awesome. Another thing to add to the list of anxiety. Fantastic. <laughs> That's I what I'm here for. <laughs> See, don't you understand that I make everybody anxious so that then they have to come to therapy? It's like a wonderful business I have going. Just kidding. And that does bring me to another question that I have for our favorite listener and our number one fan and downloader, et cetera, et cetera. Anxiety and fear and how we manage that and how we tackle that as adults and parents, but also as individuals ourselves and managing anxiety and fear and obviously coming off of the heels of an entire year of a global pandemic. Bethany, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or comments or suggestions to, again, throw into the unpolished ring here on how you felt we tackled the situation on COVID as it relates to anxiety and stress and fear. And if you have anything to add to that topic and conversation. Well, I think you guys hit it right on. We didn't know what we were in for. This was something completely foreign to all of us. And I don't think anybody knew what they were doing. And I think we were all struggling on some part with ourselves and our children. And what does this mean? And then we were learning about the lifers and people who were getting COVID and staying sick for a lot longer than they should have. The long haulers. The long haulers, the long haulers. So I think you hit it right on about something to bring on anxiety and fear, I think that was universal in every household and still is. And I think we're still working through this and figuring it out. And when I go into Publix, I still put on a mask. 
Fair enough. So this leads me back to our pop quiz here. In the spirit of trying to combat our fears and anxieties, there was an episode where Dr. Boca was gracious enough to bring on a guest who helped us find ways to kind of curb some of these fears and anxieties in a particular modality. Do you know, Bethany, what that modality was? And if so, what your thoughts are on that modality? Well, I think her first name was Tammy. Tammy, but very close. Very close. I love that you actually like got it wrong though. That's okay. Like it would be a little weird if you got every single answer (laughs) right. So you thought her name was Tammy. Dr. Boca, what was her name? Her name is Tammy, T-A-N-I-E. Okay. And Bethany, back to you. What exactly did she discuss with us on that podcast? Meditation and the importance of it. And I know she even took us through a session with a beautiful voice and a beautiful scenario of closing our eyes and thinking of being outside or being outside. And did you try it? I did not try it. I was driving. And (laughs) well, that's good that you you didn't. I I did not try it. I didn't close my eyes while driving on the road there. I do struggle with meditation where I am in situations where I can meditate being someone that does yoga. So I have five minutes after class where we lay on our backs and close our eyes and just let go of everything, which would be the perfect time to meditate. And my mind is racing and I can't seem to get into that headspace for me personally. Ever? Because I know you've been doing yoga for a really long time. You've never been able to just drift away in that last little bit, which to me is like the favorite part of the class for me. That's why I actually like take a nap at that time. You've taken a nap through the class. <laughs> Thank you for outing me on yeah. that one. But to the listeners out there, that's true. I go to yoga basically. It's just like a forced nap. But really, you in all of your years of doing yoga at that end, that Savasana period, that is the true meditation. You haven't been able to master that? I can drift away. I can fall asleep a little bit. But I think it's just from being exhausted. I don't think it's from breathing and manifesting that I'm meditating. Yeah. And I think you're probably right. I think what happens in final Shavasana for a lot of people, it is the exhaustion, especially if it's in hot yoga, that is putting us to sleep. But usually what happens at that point is two things. One, if we haven't been breathing right the entire time, we're exhausted, right? So we fall asleep, but also our minds go back to what's next. Like we've just given up 60 minutes to 90 minutes of our life, turned off our phone and we know what's waiting, whether it's our children or our responsibilities or our job or whatever the case may be. So what I would encourage you to do is not try to aspire. I mean, it would be beautiful if you could get there in final Shavasana, but if you can try to do it more so before you go to bed or while you're sitting in carpool line and just try it for five minutes and start to train your mind to go into that place and relax. And sometimes for some people, as Tani had mentioned, there's different types of meditation and sometimes doing a more muscle relaxation or guided imagery sometimes is a little bit easier than just doing a complete quiet listen to a sound or a bell ring at the end of final Shavasana because I can't do that either. But if someone's guiding me through it, I do better. Just a suggestion. Thank you. Good to know. (laughs) I'll give it a try when I'm sitting in carpool lane, the line, and uh, trying not to rip every hair out of my head. I'll make sure I don't honk at you. 
That is one podcast actually that I did forget about, which probably speaks to my memory issue. But I'm actually happy that that's a a topic I forgot about because the carpool scenario, I mean, that was probably one of our topics of that's annoying, right? Because there's nothing more annoying than carpool. But with that being said, though, it kind of leads me into carpool kids. That's annoying. One of the reasons that it's annoying is because technology drives us insane with the Wi-Fi scenarios where we're on those carpool lines. And Dr. Boca and I, we've talked at nauseum that while you're on the incessant carpool line that never ends, we can't get into our phones because the Wi-Fi doesn't work. It's the worst. The worst. And I think of you every single time, Rach. Every time. And Bethany, I can't even say that this is like a quiz question because I know you and I speak incessantly as well on our phones and you know all of my situation with my phone and the Wi-Fi issues and whatnot. But in the spirit of just playing along and you are such a good sport with the game, do you remember on the podcast the story I told about a company, we'll call it, that I had an absolute (laughs) rant of all rants because they didn't do right by me. And it all kind of is intertwined with the things that we find annoying and whether it's the Wi-Fi or the this or the that. Do you remember the story that I told about a company that I was having some troubles with? I'm assuming it's Comcast, but I actually don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, guess what? It wasn't all that great answer because, you know, one in every two problems or rants, Comcast probably is a great go-to answer. Dr. Boca, I'm going to ask you then, do you remember? Well, I know in the episode, we got to dealing with American Express because they declined you and then they were trying to like, right? Like, am I, yes. so it was, I think it was American Express, who yes. I love. And if American Express is listening, this was only Rachel's experience. This was not my experience. I love, love, love you guys. Okay. Well, no, it was. It was American Express because I was trying to buy something online, right? With the Wi-Fi. That was it. And then they blocked the card because remember I had suggested that I guess they didn't think I was sophisticated enough to buy something at the Metropolitan. <laughs> that was at the MoMA. Now I remember you were trying to buy something that you've never bought before at a museum and that you were declined. Yes. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I have a question now since I'm playing the game as well. And now all of this is coming back and now I'm joining the birthday party. So we did one that interestingly, some of my friends listened to. And I know it created like a little bit of a discussion amongst some of my friends, but even the ones that don't have children loved this episode. Do you remember the one we did on etiquette? Yes. So what do you remember from that episode that we spoke about? It was the thank you cards. It was all about the thank you cards and how disappointed Rachel was when she received a card that had two words on it. Hi, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you feel about that? Because I had very long conversations and it tapped across the demographic on this one. So I'm curious which side and what your feelings were about it. I'm old school. So I am a handwritten thank you card woman. So after my kids bar and bat mitzvah, last March, they were handwriting thank you cards and the checks weren't being cashed until the thank you cards went out. So that was something that I noticed in the reverse where I would send money to people and checks were being cashed and I didn't get thank you cards. Mm -hmm. So it definitely struck me about writing a thank you card and to paper, as Rachel had said, and it does mean a lot. 
And even if you're saying a couple of lines, you're taking the time out of your day, not to just type something, but to handwrite something that someone will read and, you know, maybe, you know, hold on to. I have cards and thank you cards that I've held on to from people over the years. And Bethany, do you feel as though, even though I know in today's world, it's so easy for people to send a thank you in a text or verbally, I guess, if you're on the telephone or not do those old school traditional value system that obviously, you know, the three of us here all agree to. Do you feel as though now you are teaching your kids in the hopes that they'll carry on that tradition, even though the tradition seems to be fleeting? Yes, I would love for them to carry it on and to make that part of their world. And I've bought them personalized stationery and personalized return address stampers so that they do have it and that they do use it. And again, there's nothing wrong with a quick thank you, depending on the circumstance, via text or an email. But they know after that bar mitzvah, the b'nai mitzvah, that writing it out means a lot more than just sending a text to people. I agree. I do. And I sometimes struggle and say would it have been better in Rachel's case to have had the verbal conversation, which you've gotten like three sentences from the person instead of just the two words or three words. But there is something, if you're going to really write a thank you note and put a little bit of effort in it, that always in my book at this day and age supersedes a phone call or a text message. And I have to tell you, I think that was my most fun episodes with you, Dr. Boca, because we really, I forget the fact that we agreed on it, because I actually think some of our episodes where we don't agree, I think fuels the fire and that's what makes us unpolished. But in this case, the fact that we were both so adamant about our stance on how do you not write a thank you note or the audacity, Mm -hmm. right, to write a thank you note with just two words on it. And the reason that I loved it so much now in hindsight thinking about it is that there were people that came out of the woodwork on my end too that now speak of that episode to say... I have to write you a thank you note now (laughs) because I listened to your episode and I will be damned if I don't do it. And even with my children, okay, we chuckle a year later, we'll bring up that notorious, the non-thank you note. Like, because no note would have been better than the note that we got. And I'm hoping that my kids now, they'll remember, you know, again, when someone makes mistakes, which leads me to one of the episodes we did about measuring our successes by our failures. My kids now know that that epic fail of a thank you note is something that's going to stay with them that I'm hoping they'll never be that negligent, if mm-hmm. you will, on the etiquette of, of a thank you note. Yeah, I think... I. I think that's absolutely correct. Like use that as an example that they are going to take to the grave and do it differently. But it was interesting that I apparently um, had very strong feelings about it, you know, stemming from the parents, not teaching or not being on top of or not reading it. And I got feedback that I kind of parent shamed a little bit and that I outcasted people by having an opinion about it. I think people had given me feedback that they like when I don't have an opinion, that it's like I'm Dr. Boca giving clinical information that's not really anything clinical because I don't want to lose my license, as Rachel will always say and put in all the disclaimers, but that I outcasted a certain group of people because I did make an opinion on that one. So I'm sorry if I did to our listeners. I just felt very strongly. And I think as we're unpolished, I still have to be authentic. 
Okay. So wait, in keeping with the fact that we want to protect Dr. Boca's license, this is a great quiz question for Bethany, our number one fan, listener, downloader of our podcast. Bethany, can you kind of spew out some of the disclaimers that I try to say on every single podcast to protect Dr. Boca? By no means is this real therapy. This is us ditching the couch and grabbing the mics. But if you do need help, you can reach out to Dr. Boca or somebody else. But this is not real therapy. We do want to make sure that Dr. Boca does not lose her license. This is just us being unpolished. Love it. Bravo. (laughs) We should like cut and paste that into every episode and do that as like um, some techie thing where you have a voiceover or something and it would I always love be it. That was awesome. I love it. That was amazing. And I have to tell you, it reminds me of a, a quick little story, which that's an oxymoron with me because I'm so long-winded. But I will tell you, Bethany, that was amazing that I, I feel like you can hop on the podcast at any time and maybe be a guest host, if you will, if things come <laughs> up. But I'll no, I'll tell you, there when I was in elementary, school, there was a performance that we put on of Pinocchio. And I was cast for one of the roles, but it was like, I was chorus, like below the chorus. I was in nobody. (laughs) No one. I mean, there was no named character that I was cast at, but I was, you know, part of the ensemble. And in one of the scenes in Pinocchio, there was a magic show or like a side part of the production. And I was like one of like the little kids that was going to this magic show. But the head person in the magic show was, his name was Sacrapan and he was an evil magician. And one of the girls, one of my classmates, she was cast as the evil magician. So we're in practice for the production and she just couldn't get the scene right. She just couldn't do it. And me, like the big mouth, even though I got like the worst part ever, I was a nobody. I was like, you know, the, the chorus of like one of the people that just sat and watched like the show within the show. Are you following me on this? <laughs> yes. I was so yes. frustrated that she couldn't get it down that I like got up and I was like, no, that's not how you should do it. You should do it like this. And lo and behold, the drama teacher was like, wait, hold on a second. Maybe we miscast here. And she gave me the role of Sacrapanth, the magician. And my poor friend, who I was really just trying to help, she got my role, which was basically no role at all, like sit there and be quiet. And to this day, and Dr. Boca, maybe you can shrink my head on this, I felt so badly because I wasn't trying to take her role away. I was just such a fucking busybody big mouth that I couldn't sit still, which the whole reason why I'm bringing it up is that Bethany, you did such a great job on the disclaimers that maybe you are Sacrapant, the magician, and I should just take my seat now off to the side and just like let you jump in. I'm sorry. I'm happy to take the green mic and work with Dr. Boca. There you go. Let me know when you need a break. I'm happy to come in. I'm just floored, Rachel, that you stole somebody's role. Oh my goodness. But I didn't mean to. And again, I don't know if there's like some non-therapy therapy to be had here. But all these years later, my guess is that she probably doesn't remember that that happened. But here I am carrying the burden of the fact that I didn't mean to steal the role. I think I was a pretty good magician, by the way, but I didn't mean it at all. So I am sure you didn't mean it. Um, I would correct you that she absolutely remembers. 
Oh, those moments. Oh, yes. Those moments we do not forget. Bethany is agreeing with me. Just for the record, I got a thumbs up. And mm. your consolation prize, I guess, is that you are now a podcaster. Maybe the consolation prize is that... So I got the role that I didn't even try to get. But now literally 40 plus some odd years later, it still haunts me because... That was never my intention. I do think that she probably realized it wasn't your intention. And if you really feel that badly, you can find her and write a note to her, handwrite it, apologizing for it. Do you think I should? Back to the etiquette thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just think you'll feel is. better. Exactly who she is. Really? Why not? Maybe cleanse we can invite the soul. Her on the podcast. There you go. There you can go. cleanse the soul so you don't have to carry that with you. Make amends. We should do something about making amends. Have we done, Bethany, have we done a podcast on saying you're sorry or making amends or cleansing your soul? No, you guys haven't done that. You've talked about other things, but never about coming truthful with what you brought to the table that was wrong and how to apologize and make amends and the olive branch. I think we we might have alluded to it a little bit in the friendship one, maybe, and I could be wrong. It might have been in my head and I maybe never spoke it. And the other one that could have alluded to it Besides the friendship one was the secrecy and privacy, but I could be making that up too. I'm, I'm just impressed. I remember those are, were two podcasts of ours. Bethany, any thoughts, suggestions, comments on the secrecy and privacy episode? Because we did get a lot of feedback from some of our closeted listeners who kind of peeked in, you know, on DMs or, you know, private messages or whatnot, um, private, no pun intended. But any thoughts? Do you feel that there is a notable difference between secrecy and privacy? And how do you define the two? I definitely agree that there's there's a difference. And I think secrecy comes with a bad connotation. And it's something that's a secret and don't tell anybody, especially when we're raising kids. If somebody were to say that to your kid. I'm going to do this with you. And it's our secret. It has a very bad connotation. But when something is private, it's just private and it doesn't need to be shared. And that is something maybe between a family or friends, things are private and they're not necessarily secrets that are bad, but certain things are private that don't need to be shared. And no questions asked that again, like you don't judge someone. I think we did an episode to judge or not to judge. I don't think that we have the right to judge people on what they want to share and what they don't want to share as it relates in in this case, secrecy versus privacy. Agree. I completely agree. So, okay. Now I want to jump in again and stir up a little bit because that's what I do in my unpolished world. So feedback from our listeners are really important and we have this opportunity right now to have our superstar guest on who's like our top everything. So I have a few like questions that are going to take us a little bit away from the specific episodes. I love getting feedback. I think I can speak for Rachel also. We love constructive feedback. Um, Even if it's not constructive and it's unpolished, we're good with that also. So I guess the first thing I'm curious in knowing is, did you have a favorite episode? Like of all the 40, apparently nine that we did, was there one that stuck out for you where either you were like, oh my God, I loved that, or I loved them, or the message was exactly what I was thinking, or I love that they challenged each other. Anything stand out for you? 
Well, I would have to say the sibling rivalry when it came to that topic, because again, I'm a mother of twins, a boy and a girl Mm. who do not get along and they're 13. And I would think by now they would be best friends. And in my fantasy, they would be best friends. And I know Rachel talked about her twin brother and sort of the estrangement in that relationship. And I know she reached out to him after that podcast, but that's something I want to leave my kids with knowing that they only have each other. Mm-hmm. And when I'm when I'm gone, it's it's them li- living on. And I would love for them to be friends, if not best friends, and sharing holidays together. And the way I see it now, that will never happen. And mm-hmm. I feel that if she says white, he says black, just to stir the pot. So that was something that really hit home with me of, of raising two kids. I'm so glad you brought up that episode because I have to tell you that there that the feedback that I had gotten even from, you know, again, my twin brother on this, we didn't really see eye to eye and my initiative or goal in talking about sibling rivalry, I think it was it was rivalry or camaraderie, if you will. We saw things differently and my goal was not to make it as if it was negative per se. I was just sort of coming from my vantage point. And yeah, after that podcast, my brother and I, I think we had one of the most honest, constructive, inclusive of criticism too, because my brother then had an opportunity and a platform to kind of share with me his interpretation of where I was coming from. And I feel like it really did help our relationship. And I do just want to say that I don't think he and I were ever estranged. We just, we don't have that twin power, Brandon and Brenda, you know, that I know I (laughs) used that reference on the podcast when we first had it. We were just more like brother and sister. And I do think that there is a expectation, the societal expectation that if you're twins, you're forced and you must and you have to have this twin power. And if you don't, that something's wrong. And Bethany, in this case, I do speak from experience being a sibling and a twin. I do think that your kids are going to work it out and they are going to be close. And I think as the kids get older, respecting the differences is what brings you together. And I hope that that rings true to them. And they're teenagers and no teenagers where you share the same womb or you didn't. I think it's all a rite of passage and human nature that they would be combative or maybe there would be some rivalry before the camaraderie. And I hope if my brother is listening now, I hope he agrees with me on that. And that the best thing that came out of some of my honesty talking about sibling rivalry and camaraderie is that I'm hoping that it kind of brought us closer because we were able to share some of those feelings that maybe we hadn't talked about in a while. And I agree with you. And I don't like the word twins. They're just two human beings that just happen to be born at the same time. But they're so different from one another. Mm-hmm. And I get asked that all the time. Are they alike? Are they, you know, you know, do they like the same things? And no, they are. They're two totally different people. But I look forward to seeing them together and becoming friends and not just fighting all the time, just because they can. And I think they do it. Actually, I don't know why they do it. I would ask Dr. Boko, why do my 13-year-olds seem to just constantly be battling each other? So it's a good question. It could be a a multitude of things. It's oftentimes, particularly with twins, finding their identity, a competitiveness where they can seek an individuality 
amongst this dynamic that they have. But they're also, like Rachel said, they're teenagers. I mean, I have two teenagers or almost teenagers in my house. And although they're best of friends, they're worst of enemies at time. And they think that they can take it out just like we feel we can take it out on the people closest to us. What I was going to add before you asked that question is I'm not a twin. I don't have twins. I always wished for twins, but after having two, I'm no, I'm totally fine not having twins. So kudos to you, Bethany, and kudos to your parents, Rachel. But I do have a brother who's two years older than me. And I will tell you that keep the faith because we were not close through our teenage years at all. And we rallied and started to rally, sadly, around a a tragedy, but it was one of the things that I realized is we're there for each other when we need to be. And we don't take that for granted. So the day-to-day we take for granted sometimes. And sometimes it does take something where you're kind of like, okay, we're going to have to be there for each other, whatever it is. And now my brother is like my go-to if I have a question about something that I don't know anything about. He's my go-to. And I know he has my back and vice versa. So keep the faith. Let's get through the teenage years as unscathed as possible. And then we'll worry about building that relationship up, okay? I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. I forget that they're teenagers also. You know, my blinders are on. I forget that they're teenagers and there's so many other things going on besides them being brother and sister and twins. Yep. Well, and I think we touched on that way back in the beginning of our podcast life here when we talked about the social dilemma. And I think that was a common theme that kind of just creeps up through so many of our episodes because of what our kids are exposed to these days with social media and the internet and all of the platforms of how these kids communicate with one another that is completely foreign. And our blinders are on just because we didn't know it to be any other way. There was none of this. There was no World Wide Web when we were growing up. There was none of these apps and snaps and this and that and all that. I'm hoping at least from my vantage point to you, Bethany, as a listener who's listened to episode after episode, that this theme of how we have to be on top of our kids in a way that works for all of us to protect them, but also help give them their wings to fly one day, whether it was the college episode we did um, just about parents and how parents are coping with kids going off to college or the episode with the college student to ask kind of those nitty gritty questions from a kid's perspective. But even with the cancel culture and, and all of that, that that commonality of the world that we're living in now and how we are functioning as people and parents of kids in a world that's just moving at such a fast pace. Yeah. I would have to say, Rach, that I think social media has become a theme throughout a lot of our episodes. And I do think, I don't want to blame everything on social media, but I do think Bethany raising two children in a social media world does make it much more challenging than ever. And disrespect is seen a lot quicker and a lot younger than it was when we were growing up, which is just something to keep in mind. But when you mentioned the social dilemma, Rachel, one of the questions that I had for Bethany was, do you prefer the podcast episodes that we do just on common themes that we come up with? Or do you like better the ones where we're talking about specific TV shows or Netflix shows or episodes that we've seen? I mean, do you have a preference one way or the other? Do you like how we've kind of mixed it in? I like how it's mixed in. I would have no comments on that. I love when there's a theme, but it's very funny because when you guys post on Facebook that there's an upcoming episode, I don't read the blurb because I want to be surprised. 
ah. when I when I listen to it. So I never read the blurb because then I feel like it's a spoiler and I just want to, you know, I never know what you guys are going to be talking about. So I love, it I could love be that. about, you know, a show or it could be about, you know, how social media is taking over our children. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. So I, I love that. You're going in blind. You're not reading the TV guide. You're just, just signing up for, uh, you know, for the whole season. I love that. I love that. Okay. So another question that I have is after our sessions, I, or episodes or whatever word we're going to use, Rachel and I sit and do a postmortem, right? Like, oh, I thought you could have said this, or you should have done this, or I screwed that up, or that sounded amazing, or this isn't our favor. So I'm curious from a listener's perspective and our superstar listener, of course, who has like gold stars all over her, what feedback would you give Rachel as an individual podcaster, me as a podcaster, and then our dynamic together, good, bad, and different, whatever feedback feels like you're comfortable to give. I think you guys have great chemistry. I think you're both equal in this. And I love how you share the stage. And I think when you disagree with each other, there's value there to know that you don't always have to agree. I think the topics that you guys have picked are great. And I think the way you express it, even with the tangent stories, how it relates to you when Rachel goes off, or if you're going off that day, sometimes you're you're going off. Oh, yes. But coming back with some sound advice. Again, I know this isn't real therapy. We've ditched the couch and we've grabbed the mics. <laughs> but there is therapy there. And there's some common knowledge that I think is wonderful to hear from a third party. And you are giving out advice that I think is helpful to people. So I appreciate what you're saying and I listen and I I try to take it to heart. I try to meditate. It didn't work. <laughs> don't give up. That's what I well and Dr. Boko is being politically correct. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm sitting here saying like, eh, me neither, B. Me neither. That's just <laughs> meditation is just not my thing. And and I'm admitting it. It's just it's not working for me. It's and that's okay. That's okay. There are other ways to get that clarity and that calm. And as long as you're doing something and self-care is so vital. Is there anything I know I'm like totally taking away all the fun questions that Rachel had for, on the episodes, but is there anything that you would like? I mean, we've been trying to get our audience forever to like suggest to us what they want to hear because we want to do stuff that's relevant and relatable and universal to our listeners. Is there anything that you would love as we're going to stop this season, finish, conclude whatever word we want to use and start our next one after the new year? Is there anything that you would like to hear about? It's funny because when I think about books or articles I like to read, it's about women struggling with their food issues, who are working, who have issues with their mother, who are raising children. So it's it's everything. If you, if you can do an episode of women and the issues with their moms, that would be helpful to me. But I'm always looking for finding things that interest me. Again, the weight issues, the mother issues, the kid issues, the working issues, being everything to everybody, that whole role that we take on as women. All of it is interesting to me, but definitely, yeah, let's figure out some of my issues with my mother. I hope she's not listening. (laughs) Oh my God. Dr. Boca, I think that is, look, we've been saying for a long time, we need to take risks. We need to step outside of the box. We do want to talk about things that other people are thinking and feeling, but maybe they don't have the courage or the bravery to put out there. That's how I modeled, you know, even where Silver Unpolished stemmed from. I'm thinking it, I'm feeling it. I'm now willing to write it, even though we've talked 
recently how I'm not so so willing anymore because my kids are getting older and I'm a little scared of them. But to, I mean, that's a big one, Bethany. And I feel like we should take on that challenge of, of how we navigate. Now, Bethany, is it daughters with mothers or is it just mothers in general? I think it's men with their mothers, women with their mothers. I think a lot of it stems from the mom. You know, you go into therapy and it's always the parent's fault, but it's usually the mother's fault. And as a daughter, I have definitely have issues with my own relationship with my mother um, that I'm not proud of and things that I need to work on. But as I'm a mother now, I don't want that to happen to my relationship with, with my kids. I don't want to be who, you know, a lot of things my mother did were, were great, but a lot of things I don't want ever to repeat. Uh, and I want the buck to stop here. And I think that's amazing that you're thinking that way because I always say we we need to deal with that intergenerational stuff because it's there. You know, they do the best they can, but we take certain things and we kind of go in one direction or the other. We're either definitely not going to do it like them or we're going to do it just like them and we are not as good at doing it as they are, right? So we get caught no matter between a rock and a hard place. But I used to have a pillow on my work couch that used to say, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. And people used to walk in and they always used to chuckle. And then they would look and they'd be like, oh, but my mom's great. And then we'd continue therapy and you'd find out like, yeah, your mom's great. But right, we all have issues that we have to work out with both of our parents, right? It's not just our mothers. It's also our fathers. But I do think especially our generation, our mothers spent more time with us than our fathers did. And so there are a lot of obvious issues that we have with our dad's absences or their parenting or their authoritarian way of raising us or their work ethic or what what have you. And those are the easy ones to get to. But then when we become a mother, we have all of those experiences with our own mother and we're like, oh, oh, so that's why she did that, right? Like those types of things. So Rachel and I have actually spoken about it and I'm totally game for doing an episode. Mom, I love you. You just won't listen to that episode. I know. And mom, like <laughs> literally like sweating over here. I'm like, remember the idea about 20 minutes ago when I was like, Bethany, if you want to come on and be the magician and I'll just be like in the chorus of the Pinocchio <laughs> show, like maybe this would be a good episode for the, the guest podcaster. Cause mom, oh my God, like, and I say this to her all the time. I mean, I love her to death. I love her to death. But like, I am still scared of my mom with a lot of scenarios. I never want to disappoint her. Mm. And there is that fine line between being truthful, right? Even as an adult parent, mom, daughter, whatever it is now, and where those lines skew over what our mommy issues are, right? I regress back to being a little kid again when I feel as though am I disappointing my mom? And oh my God, I mean, this is a whole thing. So yeah, maybe I'll even throw this in the right. When we do the mom episode, Bethany, maybe as a way to like hedge our bets here, maybe you jump back on and share some of your experiences where Dr. Boca can break it down. And I don't know, it, it would just assuage some of my mom's stuff <laughs> because I don't want to, I don't want all the brunt on me on that one. <laughs> right. And I would love to, because my story is a little different than most. I was widowed at 40. My kids were 14 months old when my husband passed away from a brain tumor. Mm. So I have a partner now. We've been together 10 years. We're solid. We're strong. But through my entire pregnancy and the first three years of their life, it was me. And I was also working full time, living in LA, far away from family. And I was mother and father. And even mm. though my partner is right there with me and he's my 
husband and hub friend or boyfriend or whatever the word you want to use. I'm the mommy, but I'm also the daddy too. And I've taken on both roles. So it's a little different for how my kids are growing up. Sure. Than the way I grew up. And again, what you were saying about, I put it all on my mom. My dad was a physician. He was never home. He worked late hours. So it all fell on my mother. So mm-hmm. I trying to give her a break and I'm 52 years old, but I still haven't given her a break. Yeah. And the dynamics, it really is fascinating. Maybe we get a whole bunch of mothers in the room because I bet every single person, while it is such a universal topic, you know, the mommy issue, I bet everyone's story it's their own personal story. And and it probably sounds very different coming out of the mouth of each person. And then it's heard differently also. So maybe Dr. Bocum, I give you the task of, uh, and when we do the episode, like of streaming it all together and trying to find what that thread is to help all of the generations. You know, they say that kids are so resilient, they're so resilient, they're so resilient until they get older. And then they're in therapy talking about their childhood. (laughs) So how resilient are they? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I have this fantasy, Rachel and I have um, discussed this about one day doing a live podcast. And that sounds so weird, but this would be a great one to have a live audience on so that we could be recording the podcast with a live audience and asking those questions because that is why my job is so fascinating to me because no two people have the same exact story, yet there is still universality in a lot of the issues that people raise. So it looks different. It has a different feel. It has a different smell. It has a different you know, outcome, a different whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still a universal theme of a mother and a child. So um, I would love to do that episode. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely going to put it down. And Bethany, I thank you so much for your time. I know we had done an episode on time management and how Dr. Boca and I have lived our life with this hurry up and wait philosophy. And I know that your time too, Bethany, as a mom and a full-time worker, and you are the president of your palace and you have so many responsibilities. So I appreciate the time that you've given to us today. And we always like to end on a high. And it is a happy birthday to Unpolished Therapy. And Dr. Boca, happy birthday to you. And Bethany, happy birthday also to being here with us and sticking by us. We've had a lot of kinks to iron out over the years. And there's been some growing pains along the way. But we're always learning and we're always growing. And as we get older and more Unpolished, we hope that you will stick with us as our number one fan and listener and downloader and supporter. I just want to... T-shirt. Oh, we'll get you a t-shirt. We'll get you a t-shirt. If that's all it takes, we'll get you a t-shirt. But I want to thank both of you because Rachel, this is such a wonderful birthday present. And then we can celebrate my real birthday like later on in the year. But Bethany, thank you, first of all, for being a loyal listener and follower of us. But you were fabulous today. A wonderful, wonderful guest. And I thank you for all of that. Um, a magician. Yeah, she a magician. magician. She, she should be the magician. But I'm dying to know before we wrap up, How can we get our listeners to comment, not like secretively on our text messages, but how can we get them to comment on our Instagram and our Facebook? Are we doing something or do you have any suggestions or could you give a shout out to our listeners as to what they could do to help facilitate that? Because I can't believe you'd be the only 
you know, I mean, I might be taking away your title if you do that because everybody might want to be like the super duper superstar listener, downloader and want to be on this episode at our next birthday. But if you could help us out, that would be awesome. Definitely. And I will always share and make a little note of what I'm sharing to support you guys because I'm I'm now you guys have me hooked on podcasts. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I'm trying to find funny women who I can relate to on podcasts. And I don't even know where, where to start to listen to it. So Wednesday is my day. I it's in my calendar. So Love you it. guys are my my only place to find women who are talking about issues and things that are relevant to me. Um, so I thank you for having me on and I'm proud to be your super fan and I'm proud to, uh, share, share your, your podcast with, with everybody. Once I get the notification, when I don't read the blurb of what we're talking about. Love it. Well, we thank you and we love you and we appreciate you. And it is listeners like yourself that inspire Dr. Boca and I to do this every week. So to keep our little repertoire going, our Wednesdays have been such the high of both of our weeks, week in and week out for the whole year now. So we want to keep that going too. And with that being said, thank you to all the listeners out there that have stuck by us, whether you've been closeted or not all these weeks. And we hope to bring you many more episodes in the weeks and months and years to come. Just want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving and a merry everything and a happy everything. And we wish everybody a happy, healthy, safe new year. And we will resume after the new year and can't wait to be back with you all. I echo everything that Dr. Boca just said. And so on behalf of both of us, happy, healthy, everything. Thank you for being with us this year. 2021, as far as unpolished therapy is concerned, is now a wrap. And we will see you in the new year, 2022. Me and you, Dr. Boca, and everyone, you never know, Bethany may be pinch hitting when we need her. And she is always welcome. As I say to all of our guests, you are a friend of ours. And now you are friends of the show and you are welcome here anytime. So we thank you. To the listeners, to all, happy, healthy. This has been Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca for Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>